It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh (laughs) and the iHeartRadio app. You from the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. And please, tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Let's bring this thing now to a screeching halt. The Pirates went 34-30 and in the second half last year. Four games above 500, 64 games to get to 30 losses. Yeah, they're now 8-30 and since the All-Star break. So it took them 38 games to get to 30 losses. This is the longest summer in Pirates history. They lost 7-1 last night. They lost 11-1 the night before. These games aren't even close. They are amazingly superlative-inducing, historically bad. Meanwhile... Garrett Cole, you guys remember him, has 117 strikeouts this season on pitches 98 miles per hour or faster. 117, 98 miles per hour or faster. The next closest is Noah Syndergaard with 49. So 66 more strikeouts with the velocity from Garrett Cole than the next closest dude. That is insane. Good thing the Pirates had him throwing two seamers and taking some heat off the damn ball. Whoa! I mean this. How many times did Garrett Cole go over 98 miles an hour as a Pittsburgh Pirate? I don't have the number. I would imagine it was less than 40 times. Overall. He just didn't throw that hard in Pittsburgh because they had him throwing the two-seam fastball. Garrett Cole has struck out 37% of the batters he's faced this year. That is the third best rate in the history of Major League Baseball. Only 1999 Pedro and 2001 Randy Johnson were better, and those guys were unbelievable. Cole also has 14 appearances this season of 10 strikeouts in seven or fewer innings. That's insane. It's the most in ball. Some things Pirates-related make me sad, like the fact that they're 8-30 since the break. Other things make me mad. They had an ace! They had one of the best in all of ball, and they flipping trade him before they need to. And then he goes on to have one of the great seasons of all time. 238 strikeouts in 163 innings. 26 starts, 275 ERA. His Ks per nine in Pittsburgh... 8.4. In Houston, it's 12.7. He's striking out more than four people a game more in Houston. This isn't a Garrett Cole figured it out as he got older thing. This is a Garrett Cole was being utilized incorrectly in Pittsburgh thing. When the Steelers drafted Joey Porter, right, he was an end in college. And they moved him to outside linebacker because he was kind of a tweener, wasn't big enough to be a DN in the NFL unless he put on some weight. They used him in the three fours, an outside linebacker who's coming off the ball and he's going to bust your head in, right? You have to utilize people the correct way. Sometimes you get box safeties that are really meant to be free safeties, free safeties that are really meant to be box safeties. Mike Tomlin always says, when you've got red paint, paint the barn red. Don't paint the barn green or blue or indigo or violet. No. You play with what you got and you use guys to their absolute strengths. The Pirates did not do that with Garrett Cole. They've got a one-size-fits-all pitching mentality. They're going to pitch to contact. It's why guys like 
A.J. Burnett, who couldn't find the plate, it works for him. It works for guys like Edinson Volquez, right? It works for guys like Francisco Liriano, who had a lot of walk issues. They need to have that kind of tailored mentality where just try to throw strikes, your stuff's good enough to play. You don't need to be dotting the eye every time here. You don't need to be hitting corners every time here. But your stuff's good enough, you're going to have success. It works for those kind of guys. But when you've got the talent of a Garrett Cole, you let it fly, baby. You paint that barn red. When you've got a Tyler Glass now, you let it fly, man. You paint that barn red. When you've got Charlie Morton, you let him go out there and throw strikes and try to strike people out. The Pirates neutered Garrett Cole. And they neutered Charlie Morton. Chasmo has 197 strikeouts in 161 innings. It's one thing if you're bad, right? It's a whole other thing if you had the possibility of being good. Good players, they did. Cole was affordable. Charlie Morton, affordable, gone. Neil Huntington's biggest sin, though, is his inability to draft and develop quality starting pitchers. Perhaps they should have hired Billy Guerin. We heard he's good at developing players, right? Bob Smizek, he's a 1,000 years old, looks like the Emperor in Star Wars, formerly of the Post-Gazette. I don't know why I took a shot at him there. Jeez. He asked people to help him look through Huntington's 12 years here and see which quality starters he's drafted and developed. So I went through and I did what he asked. And it looks like it's just Cole and Tyon. It looks like those are the only two, and they went one and two in the draft. It's hard to mess up one or two. Now, I guess Brian Bullington would beg to differ, and Chris Benson would beg to differ, but those are the dudes you absolutely desperately have to hit on, but you've got to find diamonds in the rough, too. And think about this. Tyon's either been hurt or had cancer for most of his career, so really, it's just been one guy who's really been able to help you. That is an obvious indictment. Now, he got some starters through free agency, brought in A.J. Burnett, Francisco Liriano, Charlie Morton, Edinson Volquez, Wandy Rodriguez, Jay Happ, and those guys all did have success here. But a team that's going to spend nutting and win nutting, you can't be counting on going out in the free agency to fix the pitching woes. And when you do, you're looking for those bounce-back candidates. Every one of those guys, except for Wandy, was a bounce-back type guy. You can't count on players being better here than they were somewhere else. It's not a sustainable business model. You can't say, okay, that guy sucked, but we've had success fixing guys who sucked, so let's just keep bringing in guys who are bad and then hope that they're not as bad here. That is the Pirates' philosophy when it comes to pitching because they can't draft and develop guys. That is an unsustainable method of winning baseball games. The Pirates need to have player development, especially when it comes to pitchers, because they'll never, ever, 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 ever in a million years be able to afford a frontline starter. You can't buy those guys. Wait until Garrett Cole's a free agent. Wait and see with that guy, 238 strikeouts and 160-some-odd innings. Wait to see what that guy makes. You need to hold on to them. You need to get them, develop them, draft them, and then you hold on to them up until they're going to make that crazy money in free agency. But you need to squeeze every last ounce out of a player like that. And if you don't, here's another indictment, you also need to get back quality players in return when you move on from them. I mean, Garrett Cole was fifth in the Cy Young voting in 2015. He had a 260 ERA, and what do you trade him for? Colin Moran is hitting 282. Wow! And Joe Musgrove, who sucks. I, I said all season long, Joe Musgrove might be okay. 
because he has flashes. First time through the order looks really good. Second time through the order looks a little bit worse, but still pretty good. Third time through the order, he might as well be me or a little league pitcher out there, right? He just gives up bomb after bomb after bomb. The batting average goes up. The war, the the woe bug for the other team goes up. All the advanced analytics look like crap for this guy. So you have Garrett Cole, and you have him for a couple more years of control. Instead of keeping him, having a frontline starter, you have a bottom-of-the-road starter who should really be a bullpen piece in Joe Musgrove, and you have a backup third baseman who hits 282 with a little bit but not a lot of pop. And really, where's that pop coming from? Probably the baseball, because the guy's never had pop before, but now in a year where they're going to hit 300 more homers than ever before, he's hitting a little with a little bit of power. It's just, you have to utilize the resources that you have. You have to draft and develop, and then when you can't afford them anymore, because at a certain point, realistically, you can't, you have to flip them for actual assets. Neil Huntington has done both of those things very poorly. It's ridiculous. And we said yesterday, coach got to go. Mr. Manager, Mr. Glenn Hurdle, he got to go. But... Really, Neil Huntington is the bigger problem. They're both problems. Don't get me wrong. You're eight and thirty since the All Star break. Eight and thirty. Twenty-two games under five hundred. Everyone's the problem. But to me, the bigger problem, Neil Huntington. Draft, develop two players in twelve years. I mean, we're not talking about a small sample size here. This isn't four years going back. Like even Jim Rutherford's been around for five. They won the cup twice. This guy's been around for 12 years, three playoff appearances, and two starting pitchers that he's drafted and developed. That's it. That's the list. Two. 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 Fire his ass. It Yesterday. Almost, it almost shows you how irrelevant the Pirates have become. Because GMJR, he makes a few moves. People kill him in a year where he didn't win the Stanley Cup. He gets killed. Oh, he's the worst. He's the worst. Huntington has been bad for years, and people do not care. Like, it's just like the rage is not there. It's funny how expectations play in everything, right? It's nuts. Because in Pittsburgh, if the Steelers, they don't win the Super Bowl or don't go to the AFC Championship game, people come out with the pitchforks. If you're the Penguins and you win back-to-back championships the next two years, if you disappoint in their eyes, okay, we're going to pull out the pitchforks and the torches. The Pirates, they make the playoffs three years in two decades, and that buys these guys enough street cred to not be tarred and feathered when they're outside walking down North Shore. And Huntington's the greatest greatest GM ever. Look at God, it's just moving on up. When I first came here, I thought he was a rock star just because I used to listen to the former host. And he's, oh, he's great. Oh, he's the best. We got him on. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And I mean, really? Here we are. When I took over, right? They're coming off the playoffs and you're operating in that budget. And I think that he gets the benefit of the doubt because you're operating not being able to spend a lot of money. And people can always say, well, he did well for what he's been given. <laughs> but when you when you can't draft anybody and you're a small market club, that has nothing to do with the, the, the resources that you're allocated. That has nothing to do with having a $70 million payroll. Like you are going to stink or you're going to be below average most years, right? Which means you're going to have a pretty good draft pick. And they haven't been able to draft a pitcher beyond Garrett Cole or Jamison Tyon who's looked like a legitimate ace in Major League Baseball. The other guy that they drafted and said, no, I'm going to go to Stanford, Mark Capel, he's out of baseball. And you could say, okay, the Astros messed him up, but the Pirates, they had drafted another guy who was going to suck. Like, this guy was, what was it, ninth in the, in the draft. They picked Mark Capel, and they're like, okay, here we go. Wouldn't sign with Pittsburgh, comes in with the Houston Astros. He got picked the next year in the top five. 
and he's at a ball. They don't know how to look at players and know who's good. And then when they get here, they don't know how to develop them because they don't let them pitch to the strengths. One of the things the Dodgers do, Cody Bellinger, he's got a weird swing. He just looks weird in the box, long, lanky swing. Go out there and hit home runs if that's what you do, right? They just say, we don't have an organizational philosophy. Our philosophy is get good players and let them be good. And yeah, I know they've got a million dollars to spend. But if you are a small market team, the one thing you should do, the one thing that is the absolute, it's like the prerequisite if I'm hiring a GM, you've got to be able to draft and you've got to be able to develop. They should have the strongest farm system in the country right now with the way this team plays on the field. Like right. any GM worth his weight would be planning for the future just immensely, just packing talent in, trying to find anything you can, and it's just not. And That's all you need to know about Huntington. Yep, right? and they're 20th in Major League Baseball, according to MLB.com, in farm system rankings right now. Man, last week, uh, the MLB Instagram account put out a poll that they conducted with MLB.com writers, and it was the AL Cy Young race as it stands right now. Number two was Garrett Cole. Number three was Charlie Morton. I saw that, and I spent the next three hours just walking around in circles, just MFing the Pirates in the front <laughs> office. I mean, that was rock bottom for me, Crowley. That was the absolute definition of salt in the wound when you see you had a controllable asset in Garrett Cole, and you had a cheap player in Charlie Morton that was going to overperform his contract, and they're doing it for two different teams when they could have been on your team. You could have one of the best rotations in baseball. Well, it's, it stung when I saw that. It hurts because you should have the you talent have here, both. but they wouldn't be as good here. I mean, they'd be way better than what they've got. Double-edged sword, you're right, because they wouldn't let him pitch the way that they are right now. Right, but Garrett Cole pitching the way he did, even within the Pirates' constraints, had a 260 ERA in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Right. And Charlie Morton... Even though he had not turned into this, obviously, in Pittsburgh, he was still a good pitcher. They could have had him, but nope, see you later. And then the return you get for Garrett Cole is just absolute... And the thing that makes... Sassafrasins. What, what makes you even more upset about Charlie Morton is... Don't he, tell me what makes me upset. No, I'm telling you right now, this is going to make you more upset. He goes to the Astros. He helps them win a World Series. Then he's a free agent, an affordable free agent, mind you, because he's a 38-year-old starting pitcher. And the Tampa Bay Rays, the big market Tampa Bay Rays, slide in and sign him. The Pirates needed starting pitching this past offseason, and there's your guy. Go out, bring Charlie Morton back, let him beat the Charlie Morton that he found when he went to Houston. You got your ace all of a sudden. There is zero excuse for having brought in Jordan Lyles for pennies on the dollar. When Morton's out there. Right, because they had, we talked about it budgetarily, they had $30 million extra dollars to spend because that's what they spent in 2015. Right. And you don't spend any of it. You could have had a fifth starter that would have been great. And that's, you could have had Charlie Morton thinking, okay, we're bringing him in to be the three, and then maybe he's your one. He ends up being the one if he puts up the performance he did, he is right now in Tampa Bay. Although, I guess, I mean, we're whistling past the graveyard a little bit here because, I mean, those are things that should have happened. But, I mean, even if you added 99 page over 2001 Randy Johnson, I mean, what the team's what, 15 games under 500 now instead of 28? They're still losing four out of five starts. Right. What I'm looking for, seeing. Damn it. Whoa. I Robbie and Spikowski. I, I, I. What am I looking forward to seeing in preseason game number three? I'll tell you. Plus, oh boy. <laughs> a Patriot did some blow. Crowley Show? Indeed. Used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post jobs. Passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? 
staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Patrick Chung of the New England Patriots. They thought they had someone breaking in the house, right? <laughs> Alarm systems going off. Cops show up. And what do the cops find? A whole bunch of cocaine sitting right there on the table. Oh, no. Oh, my God, officer. Someone broke into my house and dropped all this cocaine on my table. Help! Well, what are you going to do about this, officer? <laughs> There are people arguing on behalf of Patrick Chung that the cops should not have done anything. Because <laughs> I mean, because it was an accident, like he shouldn't have been here. Right. <laughs> I mean, you see a mountain of cocaine, you kind of got to do something. It's it didn't get not illegal because the cops weren't supposed to be there. It was a false alarm. So like cops just go through the house, they're like. Well, that is a hell of a lot of cocaine sitting on that table. Too bad we can't do anything about it. Let's go home, boys. Yeah, and fellas, here's the thing. He's getting off. He is getting off, and I am telling you why right now. Because those same craft lawyers that got tapes pushed back are now they're on the case. And what's going to happen is they're going to. It's an illegal search. That's where they're going right now. Say it right here. This is going to be thrown out on an illegal search. You didn't have probable cause to come after my cocaine. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, man. As weird as it sounds. We just broke open a bunch of those pixie sticks over here. That's all we got going on. It's powdered sugar. Oh, that's cocaine? Huh, wow. How do you know? Here's the way that I would handle it if I were a cop, right? If I walk in and someone's got a bong over there, right? And they, th- oh, someone's breaking into my house. You walk in, there's a bong. Whatever. I'm looking the other way, right? There's a little bit of pot. Fine. But when you've got enough cocaine where the charge is seven years in prison, <laughs> then you can't look away. I mean, you are, you are arresting that guy for cocaine. You are protecting and serving. That's going to wind up up some little kid's nose, maybe. No, it's just personal. I'm just keeping all this for myself, table full of coke. Oh, really? You've got a litter box full of cocaine that's just for you? Yeah. That's always the defense, right? That's what they always say. It's just for me, officer. It's just mine. It's just recreational use. It's it's either that or the classic, well, that's not mine. That was my friend's. I'm just holding on to it for him, man. That's Uh, not mine. That's the backup safeties, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, He was over last night and he left it here. Oh, you're not selling them? Then why is it wrapped in a hundred individual baggies? (laughs) What's the scale doing here? I just, you know, I'm trying to, like, kind of, like, you know. Ration it out, that's all. There are 15 backpacks full of smack, man. <laughs> what the hell's going on in here? Well, it's all mine. Right. That's Monday's backpack. That's Tuesday's backpack. That's Wednesday's backpack. Officer, it's pretty simple stuff here, okay? That's so much cocaine that they didn't even have to talk about the weed they probably found there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I <did it. laughs> Like, they probably they did one of those press conferences, I'm sure, where they just dropped a full like, baggie of shredded weed on the table. Oh, yeah, the perp, the perp picture, the perp walk, the, 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 the booty shot. Like in Super Troopers, <laughs> yeah. the, the governor comes in, he gets the shotgun and cocks it, and he's like, spread it on. Get two of the boys that made the bust around him in the picture. Follow up. 
It's always great to see when they like busted like a couple carts and like maybe a bag of weed and they take that picture. It's like, do you really got? Do you need to waste some digital stuff on this? Do and their you? arms are folded like they're so yeah. tough. They have their big ass guns. Like, dude, you didn't even need to use that when you busted the guy. The guy was sitting on his couch eating Cheetos. And he's like, what the hell's going on? We got these dangerous marijuana carts off the streets. Streets are safer. You've got just a dude holding up a dime bag. Yes, we got this butt off a of perp. With the caption, protect and serve. Man, oh, it, it's the thing. Like, you got to think through this stuff. If you have a lot of cocaine in the house, don't have anything <laughs> that automatically calls the cops. Right. Do not but do not install anything that will dial the cops without your knowledge. And this is this 101. It's so obvious. There's hookers under the beds upstairs. Yeah. I'm going to put this thing in that might call the cops with the 10 pounds of cocaine on my table. Or if you're going to have an alarm, because you're Patrick Chung, so you have valuable things in your house, you're starting NFL safety, have a cocaine room. Hide the cocaine and not in plain sight where the cops who are just doing a routine search stumble upon it. Like, what happened to the good old days of cocaine safes in the basement, you know? <laughs> it should be taped to the back of a toilet somewhere. Right? Yes, in the upper deck. Right. Yeah. So Patrick Chung, he gets arrested for possession of cocaine when the cops come into his house. Evgeny Kuznetsov, Washington Capitol, he is not allowed to play international hockey for the next four years for Team Russia because he tested positive for cocaine. So, I understand Patrick Chung was arrested here, right? But let's say that he didn't get arrested and they just found cocaine in his system. The way the NFL would deal with it is he would get suspended. Mm -hmm. The way that the National Hockey League is dealing with this, they are a separate entity than the IIHF. They released a statement talking about Evgeny Kuznetsov's drug problem, and they said, yeah, under our policy, and we talked about this with Emily Kaplan maybe three or four months ago, we are not going to suspend him. We are going to set him up with drug counseling. The NHL handles this so much better than the NFL does. Now, I don't need to get into the reasons why, although I will, I guess I'm about to. <laughs> the, the NFL, I think they punish the drugs so heavily because they want to use it as a bargaining as a bargaining ploy in the next uh, contract negotiations, right? Uh, the next CBA negotiations. But the way I've always looked at it is this. The NFL wants to look the league that is super strong. We have a zero-tolerance policy. You smoking weed, you ain't on my field. You smoking that grass, you don't play on NFL grass, you mother trucker. Right? And that's the hard arm, the long arm of the law. The hard arm. The long arm of the law, Roger Goodell. And he says, you don't do that pot. And if you do... We get you for it. And what it does is it makes the league look bad because it makes it look like these players are doing all kinds of drugs. The National Hockey League, if the IIHF doesn't bring up the fact that Evgeny Kuznetsov is doing cocaine, then we don't know if Evgeny Kuznetsov's doing cocaine. It does not look bad for the league. So I think the NHL actually handles it better. But here's why the NHL has that policy. It's not for the good of the players, right? It's not so it's not hey we're great we want to give them drug treatment it's because in my humble opinion they're all doing cocaine uh, I think cocaine is the absolute drug of choice Bingo. for the National Hockey League and here's why right they're a bunch of rich wealthy white guys and that's it. those are that's who does cocaine that's who does cocaine rich wealthy white guys all about that coke yeah poor guys do it but not for that long right <laughs> poor guys do it for a bit and then they move on to crack also, I've heard that uh, cocaine leaves your system very quickly. Hard to get caught on a drug test with cocaine. Shout out Ryan Malone for teaching me that one. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, 
that's the thing. It's like in the NBA with weed. You know, it's the same thing. It's yes. like just 90% of those people were just blazing right before games. It, it walk through a parking lot at an NBA game, like a player's parking lot, which I have done a lot in Portland. And my God, you're catching a contact buzz. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace. You're baked by the time you get into that arena, and you didn't even mean to be. That shit's loud, yo. You know, but that's the thing, too. I, I'm with you. I think that it might be such a rampant problem that, like, they trying to stop it, would just cause more problems. Yes, and I think you draw attention to it. The NFL, it looks like they've got a bunch of, and this isn't my term, but it's a term that's thrown around. It looks like they got a bunch of thugs, right? And there's racial connotations there, and and, and then people look down, thumb their noses at the league. Oh, you got a bunch of black guys doing weed. That's that that is a reputation that a lot of jerk offs have about the NFL. And I mean, it says a lot about the people who feel that way. Right. But it says an awful lot about the NFL's handling of such things. The NHL, it doesn't have that thought that the NHL has a drug problem. The NBA, it doesn't, it doesn't have the thought that there's this drug problem because they don't call attention to it. When you suspend Martavis Bryant, all you're doing there is saying, hey, look, we have a guy who's smoking weed right now. Whereas if you don't suspend him, you're not having that conversation. The other layer here for me, and I've said this a million times too, is that I don't think that you should be suspending players for any type of recreational drug use, anything that doesn't affect the performance on the football field, I don't care if my athletes are doing it right, because it's entertainment. I look at it the same way I look at WWE. I realize all that stuff is fixed, but you have wrestlers that do steroids, right, to make them look better. It's entertainment. The NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA, as long as they're not doing performance-enhancing drugs, I don't care what they put in their body. It's none of my business. It's really not. Now, if you get arrested, that's different. If you're Patrick Chung and you've got a mountain full of blow on your on your <laughs> kitchen table, yeah, okay, that's your fault. If you, if you have it on, on the dash of your car, then it's my problem because you're driving around with it. Right. On the table, not bugging me. Right. And for me, I've always thought, and this is this is a different this is different than the way the NFL does it too, is if there's charges filed. I'm even still, I'm waiting a little bit. I need convictions, baby. You give me convictions, and okay, I'm cool with suspensions. I, I just don't think that the leagues, any of them, should be in the moralities business. Oh, you did blow? How dare you set foot in my stadium, my sacred stadium, where everyone who's watching this game is inebriated on something? How dare you walk into my cathedral? Really? That's the way we're going to feel about this? Or, I mean, in anything else even. Like, we have a court system to play these things out. Now, if I get charged with a crime here, I'm probably getting fired from my heart. And that's the right of any company. But I don't think the league should go, well, this guy wasn't charged with a crime. But you know what? I'm Roger Goodell, and I'm going to suspend him for eight games. What? I mean... And I'm talking even domestic violence stuff like that. Like they never should have gotten in that arena because they're ill-equipped to deal with it. They're ill-equipped to be the adjudicators. They're ill-equipped to say, you get an eight-game suspension for this heinous act. Meanwhile, you only get six for this heinous act. It's not their purview. It's not what they should be focusing on, so they're bad at dealing with it. They're always behind the eight ball, too. They deal with situations as they come. They have never dealt with situations in a macro way. like Preemptive strike. Yeah, like they never dealt with it and i said it yesterday that this whole story just points out what a sham their entire morality is the testing and all of that because here's patrick chung been playing for over 10 years and they've never found cocaine in his system well he just, just started he just started <laughs> he just cocaine started using it, yeah, yeah 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 i mean yeah okay i'll give him the benefit of the <laughs> doubt say he just started they didn't catch him this year 
And I mean, I don't know. He had a lot of cocaine. You, you kind of need a little time to build up to that, right? So, I mean, it's kind of a sham of the whole morality of the situation. They want to look like they're stopping people from doing drugs yes. and holding people accountable. But what they really want is to not catch anyone. Because then that creates a situation for their product on the field. And only when it comes to a legal situation or a video situation, Ray Rice, right. then they have to deal with it. Fans don't care if you're winning. They don't. No, uh-uh. And the public outcry is going to be loud. But if the NFL never got into the morality business in the first place, then there wouldn't be the outcry, right? Because, okay, we're going to let the, the – all the NFL needs to do with the shield in the background is Roger Goodell stand up there and say, hey, we're going to let the legal process play out. That's it. That's all they ever should have done. Same statement every single time a player is arrested or every single time a player does something. We're going to let the legal system play out. But now – Every single time, every single state of the NFL address, he's having to deal with it because he dipped his toes in the water when he never should have dipped them there in the first place. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but I prefer my hockey players on Coke, and if weed makes my quarterback read a little better, then I'm all right with that, too. Keep taking it. Look, Bill Walton was high off his ass every time he played basketball, and that man won an MVP, all right? You can do it when you're high, okay? If they if they can play high on marijuana, that is their right. You remember Bobby Farnham, the Pittsburgh Penguin? He was like his little dude you can't tell me that guy wasn't doing cocaine they're all doing cocaine lawrence taylor did cocaine before games fire it up let's get out there and play some football get your noses on the table and let's tackle some efforts why in the world would you take the best players in the world off the field because they're putting something in their body that only affects them personally and not them on the football field. Like, the league would be a better place if Martavis Bryant would have been... And and I realize that there's responsibility issues for themselves, too. But the league's a more entertaining place if Martavis Bryant, who had 16 touchdowns in 31 games, continued to be allowed to improve upon that. The league's a better place if Josh Gordon is out there not being suspended. You've got two other all-world-type receivers out there that we were robbed of, yes, by their stupidity, but also by the archaic policies of the NFL. Treat it more like Hollywood. An actor gets caught with coke. He's still doing that blockbuster because that blockbuster's making him money. Right. So get him some help and move on. Let him play. Imagine if you don't have what's his face playing Iron Man, Downey Jr. Downey Jr. Because yeah. he's doing yeah. all kind of drugs. So that guy's, drugs that guy's done enough coke to like lose every role. Right. Right. <laughs> like, in fact, he did kind of get blackballed he from did. the industry for a while because he was doing that much cocaine. But guess what happens? He rehabs and he comes back and he's one of the industry's biggest stars. That's how it should be in the NFL, too. Love him. What am I looking forward to seeing in preseason game number three? Oh, oh that again? Sexy, baby. Oh, wow. I've been waiting for this all day. I said this yesterday. The show was moving really fast yesterday, right? It's moving really fast today, too. I didn't think we'd be spending that much time on drugs. I didn't think we'd be spending that much Allegedly. time talking about uh, Allegedly. Whoa. Whoa. We were all rolling face in that last segment. <laughs> Got a mountain of cocaine. The great unsponsored football segment filled with cocaine and fun brought to you by To Be Determined <laughs> next. Crowley Show. Looking for a personal injury attorney? Our experienced personal injury attorneys have years of experience getting the kind of results that you're... On ESPN Pittsburgh. Outside of Pittsburgh's a part of town that we all know. And you'll find down there the dumbest man in town, and his name's Antonio Brown. You see, Antonio, he's in trouble because he's acting dumb as a door. All the downtown ladies call him windowless. 
all the men just call him Durf Because he's dumb, dumb Antonio Brown The dumbest man in this whole damn town He's dumber than a Big Ben's dog He's dumber than a stump on a log Oh yeah, because he's dumb Dumb, dumb, dumb Antonio Brown The dumbest man in this whole damn town He's dumber than a Big Ben's dog He's dumber than a stump on a log Oh yeah Three on Sunday. Oh, I've got wood. You know what they call it, boys? Tell me. An erection. Oh. Oh, I thought you were talking about the game. Me too. Oh, sorry. I got caught up in Tom's crotch. They call it the... Dress rehearsal. It's the pre-off. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Not a playoff. A pre-off. Oh, buddy. Game plan's going to be used. Yeah. Starting quarterbacks going to play. Give me some Ben. Mariota's going to get hurt. <laughs> what? That might be good for them, that to be happens. honest. That just happens always. I mean. So here's what the crown man's looking for. A little keys to preseason game number three, oh, if you will. No. Nope. Brian, don't worry. What? You don't need to pull the keys out. They could get hurt in this one. Are you okay? sure? It's just a preseason. You don't want to get the keys it's out a key here. Keys segment, you said though. Keys. I know that. All right, do it for like forty-five seconds. I don't have my keys on me. Do it for like forty-five seconds and pull them back. I'm looking for Ben Roethlisberger to have some sharpness and some comfort in his wide receivers. Big Ben key. I'm looking for James Washington to do what he's been doing. But this time, without Mason Rudolph. Warshki. Will the Steelers' defense with all the starters look as fast as I think he can? Fast defense key. Devin Bush, if he plays, can he run with the tight end for the Titans whose name has escaped me? Either way, we've got Bush. Can Bud Dupree play the same way against Taylor Luan? Dupree key. Artie Burns, can he continue to be training camp good? Burning keys. Will any tight end make this hard? Tight end keys, hard. Backup safety, still a concern. Bagging on up key. Will Benny Snell play, and if he does, will he show us what he hasn't shown us with 2.1 yards per carry the first two games? Show us the key, Benny Snell. And do you even give Chris Boswell a chance to screw this all up? (laughs) Big Boz key. That is keys to the game. These are quick keys. A little bit more than 45 seconds, I'd say, more. there. We'll but let our starters run a little bit longer. You want to bring in the backup keys, or are we good? No, we're good here. Okay, okay. Yeah, please don't. The backup <laughs> keys are awful, man. <laughs> the rhythm is so bad. I have a headache from keys to the game. You get jingling you know, you know, like metal that, in my ears. That's a hard segment to do. Many people don't realize that, how much, how much we put our bodies on the line for that segment. Curtain being peeled back here. I think we should record that and then dub it over and over and over and over again. You would think as radio guys, we would probably have thought of that first. No, no, we go with real keys. We like it raw. Keys. (laughs) What time is it, Tom? Uh, And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment, filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by. 
to be determined. Woo! The hearing on Antonio Brown's latest helmet grievance has concluded, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter. And a decision early next week is considered likely. Woo! You can't make that decision right there. Of course you can. Just tell tell him no. Right. Just say no. Don't even let him talk. He walks in, you say no. (laughs) Monday, breaking news, Antonio Brown's helmet grievance. Yeah, we're going to need that one, Tom. Did I just say helmet grievance? Yep. I think you did. Bantonio Lounds, <laughs> Helvet Greenman's breaking news going to be shot down. Naking booze. We got to break this up somehow. Burning question number one. Daniel Jones this preseason, 25 and uh, out of 30. You know what? Oh, no, Crowley. You know what? what happened? Were you trying to attack Robbie and Smikowski? You know what? Just you know what we're going to do here? Just, yeah, come on. We're going to start it over? No, we're not going to start it over. We were just talking about Antonio Brown. Tom, you wrote a song with Brian about Antonio Brown. Why do we throw to that? The people love nice. it. That's where we set. down the old brown road ain't gonna play another down no more i'm gonna take my feet to the cold ass booth i'm gonna stand till i can't no more i got the slippers in the back cryo tank attached a furniture attack all you toddlers watch your back frostbite on my feet ha haters take a seat Train in Napa Valley, cause my kids all gotta eat. Everybody sees me booming. You all see me booming. Everybody sees me booming. You all see me booming. Playing on the Raiders, wave at all my haters. Cheated on the Steelers, you can go and ask Ben. Juju is a newbie, Big Ben's got some boobies. All my girls get Gucci, if they give me hoochie. Everybody sees me booming. You all see me booming. Everybody sees me booming. You all see me booming. I'm gonna wear my helmet down the old brown road. Ain't gonna play another down no more. I'm gonna take my feet to the cold ass booth. I'm gonna stand till I can no more. <laughs> Daniel Jones this preseason 25 out of 30 for 369 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a passer rating of 140.1. You tell me one good reason why he should not be the starting quarterback over Eli Manning. There is no reason that Eli Manning should be starting football games this year. None. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with this guy. Again, I mean, it's not going to happen. The next time the Giants win the Super Bowl will not be with Eli Manning. This is a fact. They're not going to be good this year. They're not going to be good next year. I think they are a couple years away from being a legitimate contender. So... Let the young guy play, see if Daniel Jones can develop into something, because there is a chance you win a Super Bowl with him one day. Only because you know it's not going to be with Eli, so it might be the next guy. Find out if it's him, though. Find out if he can be the dude. Baker Mayfield doesn't think it's him. 
I didn't think it was him. I still don't think it's him. But the unknown is satisfying, right? The unknown, it gets me all fired up. Like the Pirates. There's no unknowns there. You know the Pirates aren't going to contend next year. You know they're not going to contend the year after. So, find out what the young guys can do. With the Giants, you know they're not going to win the next couple years. Eli Manning should not be holding this guy back when he outplayed him this preseason. Eli Manning's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league the last five years. Go get at it. Make the right decision. Velvet agreements. There's a great picture. It's tweeted from the locker room of the Giants, and it, the, basically the caption is, the media swarms the Giants' star quarterback while another player puts on his shoes nearby. <laughs> and you can see the media all around Daniel Jones, and there's little Eli just in the back of a locker throwing a shoe on. No attention. Says everything you need to say. You're darn right. And you know what? I know there's a lot of fanboys in the New York media. There's a lot of fanboys in every media, but there's a lot of fanboys in the New York media that made it so Eli Manning is still the starting yeah. quarterback, and now they're going to flock to this guy, right? The fact that the Giants are as bad as they are is because the media pushed back as hard as they did when the initial decision was made to stop playing Eli Manning. That is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by 2B Determined. Velvet Greenman's... What? Velvet Greenman's... A helvet Greenman's is what Zelvet I said. Greenman's... That's my favorite font. <laughs> is helvet Greenman's <laughs> worse than the Robbie and Smikowski failed rip... Oh, no, not even close. I... I, I... Helvet Greenman's! Helvet Greenman's! It's a helvet Greenman's! You win by pure just... You do so many of them. <laughs> Like, Tom's is nice, though. It's like an isolated one. I'm a volume shooter. <laughs> you are. Tom's a really good break-you-down-back-to-the-basket-guy high shooting percentage. His are always funny. I'm just going to throw 18,000 of them out. That is a pretty fall. Uh, pretty, pretty bi- oh, boy. You do know you need to be able to talk as a talk show host, right? I'm, I, I, I mean, that's that's clear, right? Zelvet <laughs> agreements. You guys just got that I did another one, right? Was that clear? No. Yeah, 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 yeah no one missed it. Yeah. No one missed it. I mean, <sighs> like as a talk show host, you just should be good at that. <laughs> I, I, I... Preseason blows and what goes with Ben, it's the Crowley Show. We talk to Dale Lolly next. Switch now and get unlimited gigs for the whole family on Boost Mobile's Super Reliable.